Welcome to the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Bird, and with me... Matt Parmley. Yes. Um, And uh, we are joined today by our friend Kevin of Mazer Patrol, who is uh, very often a guest host here. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Um... So, uh, it's been quite a day, has it not? Yes. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, I feel like uh, the energy level on the podcast is low tonight. Uh, it's because we're all very tired. Yes. <laughs> for, for, uh, I don't know, <laughs> people listening to this, uh, in the future from its recording date, uh, today is the day that a, a very depressing uh, Supreme Court decision uh, came through that is um, doing God knows what to the trajectory of this country. So we're all very tired. Uh, it has been a roller coaster of a day. Um, and we are just here to try and provide a little bit of entertainment uh, because. Well, just look around. Uh, so we're going to talk about Ultraman stuff today. Um, Ultra 7X is the show we're going to be talking about, but I think uh, we should discuss uh, just the latest with Shin Ultraman, which if you're listening to this, like... <laughs> Now, I don't even know if you'll be able to uh, watch it, but as of uh, Friday, June 24th, um, the first 10 minutes of the movie have been uploaded to YouTube um, for 48 hours. Uh, so yeah, you, you, if you're listening to this right now and you didn't watch it, you missed it. Uh, <laughs> um, Somebody probably downloaded it. Yeah, that's true. It, it'll be around. I mean, that's another thing. It's like I don't really understand what the purpose of these uh, things that uh, you know Toho and is, is doing with you know we're gonna release this for like a day or two days or a week or whatever because like people are just gonna re-upload it. Like that Godzilla versus Hedera short has been uploaded like a hundred times now. Like what was <laughs> even the point? Um, yeah. I guess it's just to entice any uh, remaining stragglers at this point. But, I mean, it, the movie's been out for quite a while right now. And yeah, it's, made, it's really strange. 
because it's been out for a while. It, it, it's been relatively successful, and they already did this once before with the first two minutes of the movie. They put that out um, for two days and pulled it. So it, it's it's very strange. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I don't really understand it. I guess maybe to try and drive up you know, international interest, you know, I mean, film festivals, licensing, I don't, I, I have no idea, but I, I don't, I don't quite get it. I think if they were going to do that, it would be subtitled though. That's and, true too. Very good yeah. point. Very good. Point. I mean, it's been out in Japan for 42 days. It's made 4 billion yen. So it's, it's doing yeah. pretty good, but, um, it would it would be like if uh, for some reason like because I, I think Top Gun came out the week after Shin Ultraman. It would be like if like next week, the first ten minutes of Top Gun Maverick were just dropped onto YouTube for two days. It's like I <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, well, Top Gun did display Shin Ultraman in theaters yes. in Japan and is still the uh, number one movie I think as uh, as of last weekend. Uh, the number two being being Shin and the the. Number three being that weird new Gundam movie. So uh, we are we're full uh, retro in, in the Japanese box office right now. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 really <laughs> strange. Did uh, so um, I don't know. I mean, did you guys watch it? Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I watched it with Landon, and we both had. I mean, obviously no subtitles. Uh, a lot of rapid fire dialogue, like Shin Godzilla. A lot of crazy camera angles like one of them is through like uh like it's like going between this guy's legs at the person talking behind him it's insane um but uh, you know the monster stuff was it i enjoyed it yeah the cg is going to be what it is but i there was some pretty nifty moments landon also enjoyed it so curious to see uh how the the full movie plays out and and what they're actually saying because you know obviously I i have no idea yeah um it's really yeah, I was, not. I was able to follow it a little bit, but you know, big blocks of kanji all the time. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh. I don't. know. It's not really a spoiler, but we don't have to say what it is. Just you know, if if we don't want to, but uh, Matt at least will now now uh, at least understand what we were talking about in like our own like message threads and stuff. Matt, do you real did? I'm sure you caught the 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 very beginning thing. That's it's a homage to Ultra Q. Yeah, that people are you know misinterpreting very very largely. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, well, the the intro was actually kind of cool in general. Like, I <laughs> yeah, like, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, the the <laughs> the, the yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a sight gag. Yeah. Maybe I maybe I missed it. Unless you're talking about like the opening title card, which was bizarre. Uh, we're, I'm talking about like the first five seconds. It, it's a very recognizable. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, text. Do that. To confuse people further. It's not. It's not confusing. I mean, I did, It's not confusing me. <laughs> yeah. It's. The, the you know multiverse thing is confirmed is that worth <laughs> i mean that's not well, what the, 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 it's not <laughs> oh, i know i'm just i'm, I'm yeah the the shin ultraman uh characters did just show up in godzilla battle line so get 
good. Uh, oh, uh, Godzilla Battleline, uh, the mobile game. My son loves it, by the way. Uh, but uh, I think Evangelion's supposed to show up in there at some point. So I mean, wouldn't someone... surprise me. I mean, the the they they have. I mean, there's going to be tons of merch merchandise crossover that we're going to be seeing between and you know in the next few years and it, it you know it's going to ramp up when shin kamen rider comes out as well so i mean i i would expect all that stuff to to be in there somewhere godzilla is like the most loosey-goosey with ip crossover and video games <laughs> than than anything else <laughs> like that uh that one where like Godzilla, Ultraman, and Common Rider all play soccer, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or uh, you know the various uh, monsters that have uh, interacted with a certain group of uh, singing idol Valkyrie girls and become their armor. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about something <laughs> weird. <laughs> um. Anyway, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it doesn't mean... I, I don't know. I, I, people are so, uh, like, brainwashed by, you know, the Marvel and DC and, and multiverses and cinematic universes that they think it, it means something, but it, it's just promotional it stuff. <laughs> I, just, I do think that's a weird choice, though, that opening title card. I'm like, I was like, huh. And then it just quickly moved on, but yeah, it was... I mean, it's a homage to the original Ultraman and, and you know, how it, it had the Ultra Q logo at the beginning. It, and then, of course, you know, cutting to uh, the first monster we see, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's like what Kevin said. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a joke. It's, an, it's like it's, it's a sight gag. Um, I, I am curious to see what the the reactions are going to be um, when the first actually English subtitled screenings uh, start to to come out. Um, yeah, next month sometime. Uh, we don't know yet. It's it's going to be at Fantasia. It's going to be at New York Asian Film Festival, but they haven't announced the exact dates on either yeah. of those. So honestly, if I was an international distributor. Again, I'm thinking like as a business person right now. I, I would probably just cut that out <laughs> because it would, you know, it would be probably be very confusing to people that you know are aren't like you know us. <laughs> I mean, if, if Funimation gets it, they might cut it out by accident. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, still, it's so bizarre that we haven't. I mean, maybe they're trying to like drum up some interest, but I just. I'm surprised it hasn't got some sort of release date tied to it yet. I mean, I'm I'm not really. I mean, it's been what a month ish, month and a <laughs> half. I, I I mean, at this point, um, you know, it, it, it. How long did it take for Shin Godzilla to get like a, uh, you know, an announcement for? We're talking about the first fake announcement from the uh, defunct New Line Cinema. No, I don't even know. Does anyone even know how that happened? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know that that mystery has ever been solved. That was that's a crazy one. It, I, it, but yeah, like uh, you know, 
at what point it was announced that Funimation, you know, would be releasing it, I I don't remember. But, I mean, it probably took a few months, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it it got the festival play before that announcement came out. Yeah. So, again, really, really, really hoping it's not the same weekend as G-Fest, but uh, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I never try to put too much into these things. Like, you know, I mean, because here we usually see it on, um, like, in front of other screenings. Like, they'll show the first ten minutes of a movie before, you know, whatever that studio's, like, other big movie is that, that, or that, that year or whatever, like, um, you know, showing the first 10 minutes of Tenet before, I don't even remember what movie they did that for, but they, they do stuff like that all the time here. Um, and, and so, uh, You know, I, I usually never try to, you know, make any... Jo- I mean, even 10 minutes, I don't think, is enough of a movie. Especially the first 10 minutes, uh, I don't think is enough of a, you know, a movie to really make any kind of real judgment. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sh- it, it, I, So, like, I don't really have an opinion. You know, the CG was hit and miss, you know. I, 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 I think... You know, they could have done it in a kind of, you know, like with puppets and stuff like they did with the Attack on Titan movies. That's just my opinion. But uh, I don't know. We'll see how we'll see how it is. You know, the Science Patrol is definitely not the not, you know, I guess more uh, more military esque. Um, I don't know. Those are just some of the observances um, I have. You know, though, what's funny. Because we know Hideaki Anno did not direct this movie. That was Shinji Higuchi. But, uh, you know, we've been seeing all over people saying, like, it looks and feels just like Shin Ultraman. Like, the framing, the shots uh, are all like Shin Ultraman, or I'm sorry, Shin Godzilla. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I can't help but kind of chuckle because, you know, I. I mean, I think I think we kind of had the idea, uh, but you know, I I feel like that's either depending on how you feel about that style, it's either vindication or you know further indictment of Shinji Higuchi. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I he 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 directed most of Shin Godzilla, you know, and he said as he 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 more or less said that. When we did the Kaiju Masterclass interview with him, um, and uh, you know, reading between the lines of a lot of the stuff people uh, that worked on Shin Godzilla have said, you know, that seemed to be kind of evident. But um, you know, I, I I think however you feel I, about these movies, uh, you know, I, I think he he we need to give that guy some more credit here. Uh, whether it's positive or negative, uh, depending on what side you're on, I, I I think, you know, it's time to stop acting like Anno is like the single, you know, guy behind these because that's just not true. 
I, th- I think it's worth you know noting that we've watched other movies from Higuchi that don't feel like that. So I think that there is kind of a, a synthesis of a voice that's going on to some extent, especially with when you look at uh, Evangelion, which Higuchi also worked on. Yep. Uh, uh, so is is like a storyboard I mean, artist and specific specific vibe that maybe he's getting through Ano mm-hmm. uh, in terms of his directing style for this that you would not see in a Japan Sings or an Attack on Titan or something like that. Right. Right. Um. Uh. I guess I guess we can also. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much there is to say about it, but you know what? We never brought up here, and you know, something we can mention is that uh, at least as of right now, um, they they do intend to follow this up with a Shin Ultraman two and a Shin Ultra seven, making this you know I guess a you know a trilogy of of movies. Um, and uh, I, I believe Anno will be directing um, the second one. Shin Ultra 7 does not have a director assigned to it yet, but I would not be surprised if he did that as well. Yeah, that's that's based on the original plan that was listed in the theater book. Uh, granted, the, the release date for Shin Ultraman doesn't quite follow uh, due to you know, COVID. Yeah. Uh, but Subaraya was still teasing that they have two more mainstream audience, big blockbuster movies and Occam's razor. If they say we're going to do this as a trilogy and then they later say we're doing this and then two more movies. To me, it really seems like, uh, yeah, this, this is, along that similar line. And they've got plenty of content that they can still churn through certain fan favorite, uh, storylines that have not been, uh, done in, in this movie that I think Mm -hmm. it would make a lot of sense to, to revisit. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I don't know how much there is to say about it. I, I, I'm, I've talked a little bit on here though, about how like, you know, Anno's, uh, I guess, appropriation of Shin as kind of like a, a brand. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I, I don't like that. And it, you know, it just seems like at this point after Shin Godzilla, Shin, I mean, it, it just seems like it's just all Shin all the time until death at this point. It does get confusing when you're like, which Shin Kamen Rider are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I I legitimately think that he he has a hard time um finishing his own work. Uh he has a hard time getting it funded uh unless it's Evangelion and even then he has a hard time finishing it. So I I feel like this is just kind of his way to basically keep working without having to uh <laughs> exhaust too much brain power at this point <laughs> you know if someone says hey we have a shin some you know do you want to do shin 
Gappa <laughs> or something, he'll he'll do it. What is more likely to happen, Shin Gappa or Shin Gamera? <laughs> probably Shin Gappa at this point. Which you know, I'm okay with that. You know, Gamera. I mean, uh, on both sides of the Pacific, uh, the the over corporatization of franchises and uh, you know the way that they're made and you know how they just come spat out of a think tank uh, and market research and you know all this you know uh, pandering to nostalgia you know Gamera is he's he's doing the right thing by staying put right now we don't need him involved I think the (laughs) underperformance of great yokai war guardians probably uh put a another nail in the Gamera coffin for the time being yep yeah uh, just like Gamera did to Daimajin. This is Daimajin's revenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so I don't know. We'll see how all this stuff turns out. I mean, with any of these, I, they're they're more or less remakes. So I don't know. I I always take a kind of a wait and see approach with remakes, but um, reboots, you know, whatever you want to tell them, but. I, you know, I, if 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 I knew they were telling like brand new original stories, like I would probably feel more, you know, excited. But it's like, you know, I know the origin story of Common Rider. The origin story of Ultraman is we've seen it. We've seen it a bunch of times because so many of the Ultras have like the same origin of you know, oh, they save this guy that tries to save someone or whatever and you know Ultraman the Next was basically like its own like retelling of the first episode of the original series in a way um so yeah i mean i just idea wise there's nothing there that excites me you know um i i think it's cool that they're going back to some of the stuff that was in initial concepts that wasn't didn't make it into the actual 66 show yeah um, even design wise you know the 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 shin ultraman design is much more like the original narita drawings it's more um like lanky and it's more alien like uh just in its you know posture and um i don't th- i think they i think they went ahead with uh you know uh not doing the a color timer right which we right. know he hated yep. so <clears throat> um yeah well, speaking of reboots, um, I mean, I guess it's mostly a reboot. <laughs> uh, we are uh, uh, here to talk about Ultra 7X, which is our main topic. So uh, why don't we go ahead and discuss that? Um, uh, there's not much of a productive way to discuss this without spoiler territory. So... Um, my usual disclaimer, if uh, this is something you're interested in watching, maybe maybe uh, press pause and check out the show and come back. Or if you don't care about spoilers uh, and just want to hear us ramble about it, um, uh, don't touch that dial. So, um, Ultra 7X... Oh, also, if you do want to watch it, the the Mill Creek Blu-ray set is out. It's very affordable. Um, And it is also on Amazon Prime. 
And it is only 12 episodes. Each one is like 20, 25 minutes. So it is a quick watch as well. So go do that if you feel like it. If not, um, uh, hang out here. So uh, this is uh, 2007. Um, This is uh, for the 40th anniversary of Ultra 7. And... uh, it is a reboot slash sequel. You know, I guess I can say that. I don't know. That's that's not much of a spoiler. <laughs> it's yeah. like it, it's a it doesn't it, really it, matter. Yeah, it's co- it's connection <laughs> to the original one is it's there. It's you know in that continuity, but it's 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 such a last minute like coda to it that it's inconsequential to really everything. Um. And this was uh, developed by Takeshi Yagi, um, uh, who has uh, worked on a lot of the shows, but uh, he's probably most, um, I guess, uh, mostly known for Ultra Q Dark Fantasy, Ultraman Max, Ultraman Mebius, and the movie Super 8 Ultra Brothers. Um, but he is the uh, uh, more or less the showrunner here, um, and he d- he uh, directed um, the biggest chunk of the episodes. Um, and we have uh, Kenji Suzuki, who was uh, an effects director on a lot of the uh, Godzilla uh, uh, movies, um, Godzilla two thousand, Mega Gears. Um, He's done effects for various Ultraman shows, but he steps into the director role on a few episodes. Um, and there's other other people involved. Kazuya Kanaka, who, I mean, he's directed a ton of Ultraman crap. Um, uh, one of the episodes was written by Jiro uh, Kaneko, who is Shusuke Kaneko's brother. Um, he also co-wrote The Idol with Norman England, and uh, he... Um, also wrote uh, some Ultraman Max. Um, Keiji ha- Hasegawa, I probably messed that name all up, but he co-wrote GMK. Uh, he's got a ton of anime credits. Um, can, can we talk about one of those for a second? Absolutely. So Keiji Hasegawa, and, and Matt's going to know what I'm talking about, um, the bird might not yet. Um, Probably not. <laughs> uh, kind of also wrote this uh, this reboot that was really a sequel of uh, a Tsuburaya giant hero who comes to a sort of weird offset reality where things don't quite feel right and has amnesia. And... Uh, yeah, if, if that sounds familiar at all, this is a this is a, a title called SSSS.Gridman. So uh, I'm I'm thinking, going back and rewatching Ultra Seven X, that there might have been a little bit of uh, of recycling between the two of these projects. Which one was first? Or I'm, uh, or Gridman? Oh, you're like, talking about the anime Gridman? Yeah, the anime. Got, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, I follow. Exactly. I follow. He also yeah. did some uh, writing for the Big O, I believe, which is also about a guy with amnesia. So yes, a lot of amnesia in, 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 a, in a kind of uh, also in a, a sort of a dark, uh, surreal city where things are a little bit fakey. 
Um, so, uh, I mean, there, I mean, there's other writers and directors on there, but, uh, you know, we don't need to go through everybody. Those are just, uh, a few examples of some of the prominence, some of the prestige behind this series. Um, so, uh, Kevin, I know, um, you, uh, Matt and I just watched this show for the first time. You have seen it, but it has been, uh, quite a while. You did not get a chance to rewatch it before this. Right. Um, so I know you, you were coming here with a lot of, uh, information about, you know, the pre-production and, uh, you know, the, the things that led to this series. Um, so I'm going to pass the mic to you, um, and kind of just, uh, you know, let us know, uh, what is up with this series? Why is this series, <laughs> you know, all of those nifty things. Uh, yeah. So this is, this is an interesting one. Um, because as as you mentioned, it's its official story is that it's Ultra Seven's fortieth anniversary work, but it didn't get conceived of as that. It uh, started off as um, it was actually planned for for the year before. It was going to be a project called uh, Ultra Minds, and the the notion was that this was going to be something to uh, really cash in on this boom of midnight tokusatsu works that were going on and uh, uh, just to back up for a moment uh there's always been some sort of you know uh late night version of tokusatsu programming uh it's usually horror related as opposed to you know superhero stuff uh but it started to take off in a big way in the nineties and got bigger and bigger. And around 2006 is just the, the high point uh, before things started to kind of um, collapse into like parodies and, and sort of cheaper productions uh, because you got lots of really big expensive shows that were on right in that sort of mid two thousands uh, period. Um, most notably Garo and, uh, and Cutie Honey the Live, uh, which just also got a Blu-ray release. Um, so in that uh, kind of oeuvre, Subaraya was really kind of experimenting with this as a potential venue of a way to go forward. And, and these midnight shows wouldn't be targeted at children like most of their regular programs would. They wouldn't have this emphasis on selling toys. It was a It was selling the show itself. It was to get people to buy the home video. Uh, so they, they had done some stuff like back in the nineties, they did spiral as, as a midnight production. Um, but, uh, then in the two thousands, they, uh, they teamed up with Subaraya entertainment to do ultra Q dark fantasy, which as you mentioned, um, uh, Takeshi Yagi worked on along with the producer uh, uh, Yukiko Yawara, I believe. Um, and there were other programs, like there was a there was a revival of um, Operation Mystery that was a late night program. And then some of their shows that they had on regular TV times that didn't do well, like BioPlanet Wu and Ultraman Nexus, they re-aired later at night and did better in the ratings at midnight than they did during the daytime when you would expect like people to be tuning in because they were kind of like 
darker, more mature takes on these. So, uh, Ultra 7X was really their attempt to cash in on this, be like the this is this is our show for grown-ups. Uh, and um, so they kind of what Yagi has said, like his main inspirations for, like are not the things that we think from watching the show that they were the main inspirations for, because uh, you kind of look at it and be like, yes, this is men in black needs a matrix. But he said his, his main influences were Battlestar Galactica and 24. Uh, I can, uh, hmm. (laughs) Okay. Uh, you know, I, 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 when I was watching it, I was thinking, um, Men in Black, X Files. I was not thinking Twenty Four or Battlestar Galactica whatsoever. Yeah, but those were the shows that were hot when this was being made, right? Um, and then also, I personally see a whole lot of Garo in this because it's it's set at night. There were there were there were pretty boys in trench coats hunting down uh, creatures, and they have to do a lot of wire work fights, uh, which is not traditional kind of Ultraman aesthetic. Uh, this, this, this seemed more like Garo to me. Uh, also, the fights are very short, which is also like Garo. That's a cost-cutting measure that you can have when you're doing a late-night show. Um, Sometimes they're so short, I, it's just, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, why, why even bother? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I, there's still, I, 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 I mean, I, those might be the two things that, you know, he pointed out to, but I, there's no way that there's not some intentional X-Files or Men in Black. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the I main mean, characters are named Agents Jin and K. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all the agents are named after, you know, are just a letter like Men in Black, you know, Agent K, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally those things. But- but I, I do see the whole like there's a there's a big conspiracy you don't know who to trust this kind of ongoing story arc over several episodes. I, I understand where he's coming from when he's talking about like those particular dramas having some influence on it, and you know that that could also just be a matter of those were those were the things that were in the forefront of their minds while they were making it, even if they were homaging other things. Yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was it was basically uh, it took them a while longer to make it, and and as such, it wound up being in time for the for the fortieth anniversary of Ultra Seven. So they kind of did some did some wiggling and, and made it uh, all all tied in. Yagi is a big Ultra Seven fan, so that makes sense. Um, and it's it's a really it's a transitional show for Tsuburaya because. This is the last thing that um, the Kazuo Tsuburaya and and anyone in the Tsuburaya family actually was involved with the production. Uh, And uh, it was the the first one in uh, high definition uh, in in 16 by 9. It was the last show that was broadcast analog. Um, So it's a real, like, you can draw a line, like, after this and say, like, Ultraman is not quite the same uh, after Ultra Seven X as, as it was uh, before it. Yeah, and then um, yeah, it, it it kind of this is also like 
because after this is where uh, it's so you have a couple years after this, and then it's um, two thousand and ten, I believe, um, where uh, um, well, two thousand seven is when uh, all the big corporate buyouts of Subaru start, and then they basically keep getting bigger after that. 2010 is when uh, uh, the pachinko maker um, Fields uh, bought out 51% and buy it, uh, Bandai uh, had 49% and then I, I'm pretty sure it's just spiraled more and more upwards in that direction ever since. Yeah. Um, to where now it's, you know, the Ultraman. I mean, we, we don't have to get on too much of a tangent here, but now the Ultraman franchise is more or less what you know. Point to any American media franchises now, where it's uh, you know everything is just um, you know telling the same stories or really going for that nostalgia, um, re re like you know retread nostalgia bait stuff you know um i i gave up on ultraman trigger but you know it sounds like that was you know every bit as bad in that sense as you know some of the recent star wars stuff that we've seen here um and you know i, I i've hear i'm hearing similar things about ultraman decker which is uh uh the next series so uh so th- th- this is really kind of um I don't know. One of the one of the last uh, more, I guess, pure <laughs> shows um, before it, it it got too crazy. There, um, I do want to ask though, um, just to kind of clear up some of my own confusion. Um, so you you talked about the the you know the late night Tokusatsu slot and 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 all that now. Uh, I was under the impression that they had tried this previously with Ultraman Nexus, and it didn't go very well, and then it got pushed to uh, Saturday mornings in the kids' block, where it didn't, it, it, it didn't succeed there either. Um, is, is, uh, is, is this related? Are those situations related at all? Uh, I I was under the the opposite impression, but I might have gotten. I mean, you are your. I mean, I look. I I am. This, this is where we, we we need Connor. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm sure we can fi- figure that out. But I, I I am not nearly as fluent in you know Ultra Man history as I am you know Godzilla or King Kong or Gamera or whatever. So I would take your word over oh, oh, your word about it over mine. So so yes, please uh, correct me, and uh, your your likely factual correction. You can. <laughs> what, what is that? I will. I will. Uh, if you give me a moment, I can probably figure that out. So set set that record straight. This is this is fantastic podcast listening. I'm sure <laughs> um, our listeners have heard worse. That's true. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, yeah, the next series after this is uh, uh, Ultra Galaxy Mega Monster Battles. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are like night and day. 
yeah, I mean that's a that's a trading card commercial basically. Uh, I mean the one kind of like weird um, offset there is the um, Neo Ultra Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing I'm seeing seven thirty in the morning as the initial uh, airing time for uh, Ultraman Nexus. Okay, so so I guess Nexus started in the in the Saturday morning slot, and then they were like why <laughs> and then so so did it do better in the evening slot do we know that or that's not? that's what i had heard okay so. okay all right uh all right so so um so that that would make more sense because if they moved nexus to a primetime slot it would give them more conf and, and it did well there it would give them more confidence to do something like this yeah, I, I think that that was was part of it, and then also just seeing the success of other other shows like Garo was um, turning a lot of heads. Um, so I think several several studios wanted to emulate that. But again, it wasn't it wasn't just Nexus that because um, they uh, Ultra Q Dark Fantasy was something that they had done earlier. There were there were issues with that production, but. Um, it was something that they had done and um bioplanet woo uh again was one that uh they re-aired that as a midnight show after it had not done as well in the uh in the primetime slot mm. um do they still make garo stuff uh not in a while it's a little depressing because uh, it, it, it there was like so it, it, it was like con- it was constant up until like a couple years ago, I I felt like yeah, it was it was really uh, in, until the mid 2010s. Uh, it was it was really having a moment, but I think it was an expensive production, and they were probably not selling enough Blu-rays uh, to justify it. The thing with Garo also was that a lot of it was paid for by the uh, by the slot machine games, so. Uh, <laughs> If That's Wikipedia is to be believed, there hasn't been a Garo thing in, since 2020. Was that uh, was that Versus Road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was that that, that was kind of barely a Garo show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that <laughs> that might be the last last you'll ever get. Um, uh, all right, so. Um, I guess uh, that brings us to uh, Ultra 7X. Um, We have uh, our main character, Agent Jin, who, uh, as we mentioned, he has amnesia, um, and the show doesn't really get into, you know, his backstory until it's probably at least halfway through. Um, So he's always got these questions about who he is, uh, what he's doing. Um, Agent K is his partner. Uh, together they work for uh, Deuce. Uh, right? Deus? Deus? Or, yeah. yeah. Um, like, speaking of the big O. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said, you us for a because they called it Mega Deuce, and you're like, that can't be right, and then you're all budging it up here, man. What's going on? Um... I still hate 
Megadeuce. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's like the organization, like you know, all these guys in these shows work for. But unlike those, we never see the the rest of the team, um, other than uh, Agent uh, S, who we we meet, you know, a few episodes in. And agent, and then you know, there's a couple ep- episodes where you know there's a one-off agent for you know that episode that um, is doing something else. Uh, so we 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 just see the three agents. Uh, we we never see anyone else on the team or any of the the people in charge uh, like we do the other ultra shows. They just talk to them in like a little communicator wristband thing. Um. So yeah, Jin wakes up and. Uh, Kay is like, oh, hey, you know, uh, and he's like, do I know you? And he's like, uh, yeah, you're the guy I work with, and, uh, you know, we monitor alien activity, uh, and, you know, we respond to orders. And then Jin is like, oh, okay. Like, he doesn't really <laughs> seem to think that's strange or anything. He's just like, I guess I'll just take your word for it. Um and uh, he he also has someone following him around, kind of kind of stalking him a little bit. And you know, whenever he has a question or you know needs needs uh, you know, I guess some some extra information. There's this girl that is always uh, always there, um, Saki, and she's she she refuses to answer questions we just know that they know each other from you know his past uh and she's always kind of you know setting him in a certain direction um uh and the deus general who we never see is uh Yo- uh Yosuke Natsukai who people would know for uh, as uh the detective in Ghidra and um he's also in Dogura and uh uh Godzilla 84 he's in a bunch of stuff um but uh that is his voice uh so that's our 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 uh our main cast and like i said they are monitoring alien activity on earth um because there's often uh shady characters from outer space uh, up to no good, and they are the secret organization that takes care of those things. Uh, there's your Men in Black, and then it very much follows the uh, you know case of the week formula of X Files, um, which is why I brought up those two uh, things um, specifically earlier, um, and that's wrapped all up in uh, an Ultra Seven um, package, uh, like like the original Ultra Seven. Um, it, uh, it gets into kind of heady philosophical, um, questions, uh, a lot of them that don't have answers, um, and the show isn't trying to pretend they have answers, um, which is something that I've, I, I, I always appreciated about the original Ultra 7, um, uh, so, uh, I guess thematically it, it, it definitely jives with the original show, um, and uh it, another thing is uh it takes place in this weird kind of almost like a black mirror kind of like it seems like it's in the future but like just barely sort of uh uh society that uh 
it looks utopian, but the more you learn about it, the more dystopian it feels. Um, uh, <clears throat> this is before social media, but you know we can really see it now. Um, you know, people are literally surrounded by floating advertisements. Um, or your health and happiness. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a, a lot of um, advertisements for uh, pharmaceuticals and different products. And um, are you uh, looking for a job? Like, there, there's a whole bunch of that. Like, uh, yeah, the work. importance of work and uh, you know, um, you know, contributing to society and um, driving, uh, you know. A, a a capitalist society by you know constantly working um uh and that that is very much ingrained in japanese culture uh you know the you know the work life balance in japan is is a big problem over there you know that that's why you know they have high suicide rates and salarymen are like pass out in the street you know um so, you know, you, you definitely see, I guess, uh, that social commentary sneak up in, in a few episodes. And also, there's a few episodes that uh, kind of ha- seem like they're almost going after Big Pharma <laughs> a little bit. Um, you know, there's a, uh, a whole episode about, you know, this, this miracle drug that is supposed to, like, cure, uh, um, like, sadness and, and uh make you like a genius basically like that bradley cooper movie limitless where like you take a drug and it makes you a genius um and uh there's another episode where you know people in the supposed utopia are you know trying to go to space because they feel like uh you know <laughs> the the promises of you know, take this miracle medication, you know, just aren't working for them. So, so yeah, there's a lot of, uh, kind of social commentary, um, in these, which again is, is on brand for, for ultra seven. Um, yeah. And it, it, like, like there's things like in the, in the weather forecast where they're talking about like, Oh, there's a chance of acid rain tomorrow and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's it's done with a very sort of like cheerful like uh, again that that uh, sense of a false utopia. Yeah, and um, will uh, I mean what the 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 twist and the twist in the the last couple episodes with stuff like that. You know, we can get into that later. But um, the whole time you're watching the show, like you you do kind of feel like okay, like something even though everything looks happy and cushy like something just feels out artificial and like wrong about it um we eventually learn why um but you know we'll we'll discuss that momentarily um but uh so that's just kind of the 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 backdrop of of the show um now uh kevin i know you you ha- did not get a chance to watch the series again, but, uh, I mean, how long ago was it that you have seen it, you know, and what, I mean, what is your, what, how, how, how good is your memory of, of the series? Uh, so, I mean, the first time I saw it, it was when it had, uh, was kind of first coming out and getting fan subbed. Um, at which point I 
I quite liked it. Again, I am uh, one of those people that uh, started Ultraman with the original Ultra 7, so that was kind of like all up, uh, up my alley, and I, I really like the whole the, the oeuvre of, uh, of those Midnight Tokusatsu productions that are more kind of uh, mature, sometimes like a little, a little uh, violent uh, types of types of narratives, as opposed to the the usual kind of uh, kid shows. Uh, so it was it was definitely my jam when I watched it, and then I had uh, a lot of nostalgia when I rewatched it um, in March of this year, I think. So we're recording in July, so that means it was three months ago. <laughs> that, so that wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> you were making it sound like you hadn't watched it in like forever. Yeah. This no. day has taken an extra week off of Kevin's life because technically we're still the end of June, buddy. <laughs> That's that's entirely possible. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it hasn't been that long since I've watched it. So uh, probably I when just, the Blu-ray came out, ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That sounds great. But you know, since then I I've marathoned eighty and um, and uh, most of Mabius. So. Yeah. I don't know how. Yeah, but, you're mad. Yeah, that's madness. Um, uh, but yeah, I I really dig it. I. I have tried to show it to other people and it has not been as well received as I would perhaps like it to be. Yeah. I uh, granted perhaps I'm being disingenuous when I'm like, Oh, you'd like, you, you like Dr. Who you'd like this. And like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I don't like, know if it's for everyone. Like, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very, I can see someone who's not familiar with, you know, Ultraman who, you know, a Dr. Who fan or whatever, kind of looking at it and finding the ultra piece of it to be kind of, I don't know, not really necessary almost because like it, it it almost is. And I, I don't mean that it is like a super negative thing, but I mean it in a, I can see how someone who's not already like into this stuff might look at it and be like, I don't really get it, you know, because just like any Ultra show, yeah, at the end, you know, he usually turns into Ultra 7, fights the bad guys, and kills them. But we already mentioned, like, the fights are so quick. And yeah. um, they usually come almost after the, con- the, the main conflict is, like, it's either resolved or, like, I don't know, the, the, the actual Ultra-ness of it almost feels like an afterthought because the rest of the episodes are so plot heavy on everything else. I actually think the best episodes of the show are the ones that have the least to do with the main overarching story of ultra seven. Like all the episodes that I really loved. And one of the things that I like about this show, like the, there's an episode, episode three, which is called hopeless. There's a, uh, this crazy business guy named, uh, Tamaru. And he basically, um, he's giving people the opportunity to make a bunch of money, but in exchange, he essentially like drains their will to live and they actually like their head shrink and stuff. And it's got this whole, like, I mean, the vibe in that episode, it like, if you, if you struggled at work at, at all and you realize like what it's saying, it's it, that episode is one of my favorites, but it has again, the least to do with, with ultra seven. And a lot of times by the time ultra seven arrives, just like bird said, like, the main threat's been sort of resolved. They just have to find a way to dispatch the monster. 
Um, and some of the detective work is, I think, what's what makes this show interesting. So if you're coming into the show thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this because I love Ultraman, I, I'm not sure you're gonna be. I'm not sure you're gonna enjoy mm-hmm. it. But if you do like new Ultra Q or the original Ultra Q, where it's much more about finding out the mystery and then somehow finding a way to vanquish the villain, um, that might be something that that would draw you into this because it has that vibe, but also it has karate. So it's got that like, you know, two thousands trench coat. Everybody running around doing, you know, backflips and kicks, and some of the fight scenes um, are actually pretty fun. So, uh, I think I think Neo Ultra Q is probably the closest cousin in the yeah. franchise that I can think of. I mean, it, it tonally and um, just in the way that it, it kind of tackles kind of more heady philosophical themes. The, yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Um, it, I, I can see comparisons to Nexus also, but probably probably Neo would be the, the most in terms of this is a short form series. It's uh, best when it's kind of episodic. Yeah, Nexus is more serialized, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it it's kind of an odd duck in a lot of in a lot of ways. You know, it's 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 unconventional for this series, um, but I but yeah, I, I can see how uh, like Neo Ultra Q I think would probably be easier to get like a non Ultra person into than this um, because it doesn't have the factor of you know having a guy have to turn into a you know a spandex. <laughs> superhero in every episode, you know. Um but yeah, I, that's probably where the the kind of distance is probably with, you know, I guess uh normies I'll, I'll say, you know, because they're watching this, you know, a kind of heady sci-fi show that uh might feel like a, you know, a Doctor Who or something. And then at the end I, I'm not saying this is how I think, but it, most people w- might think like. It, then at the end, it go it turns into Power Rangers, you know, and that that probably <laughs> you know kind of kicks them out of out of it. Um, yeah, that would be it, that would that would be my assumption. It it feels. I mean, you can tell this was not conceived originally as an like an Ultra Ship Seven series, and and I think, like I said, the strongest bits of writing and the strongest episodes have very little to do with Ultra Seven, who, by the way, in this series is like absolutely jacked out of his mind. Uh, he's got like a six pack, and he's just like, it's a huge design. But well, well, uh, wasn't it, uh, it, it? This wasn't an Ultra Seven sequel, in the, or was it that this was never going to be an Ultra Seven show until like later? Was this originally like a detective show? It wasn't con- like kind of going back to what Kevin had mentioned. Like it wasn't originally conceived as being. Ultra Seven, it was going to be different. They're like, oh yeah, it's the 40th anniversary, so we probably should, you know. Yeah, the, the working title was Ultra Minds. Yeah, hmm. which makes more sense when you think about the the you know you have these agents that are taking lead, solving the mysteries, dispatching the monsters. In some cases, I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot. There's actually uh, several times within the show, and I know Ultra Seven does this in the original series, but. Ultra Seven never even gets like he, he doesn't actually grow to being fifty meters. He just fights the monster in human form. Yeah, yeah. Which is essentially what the rest of the characters were doing when they were. Um, I was so like when it was Ultra Minds. Was there? Was it? 
I mean, was the ultra even going to ha- was was there just not an ultra hero involved at all at that point? Uh that I could not tell you. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Something to think about. Um One thing that bothers me about this show uh and um uh Ultraman the Next does it quite a bit too is um there's really not much in terms of, you know, practical, traditional tokusatsu effects. You know, you have your, your hero and your monster suit people in suits, but there's really no real miniature sets. It's just a lot of green, just green screen backdrops, um, which I guess the idea was that it would look more realistic or, or whatever, but I don't know. I, the, it, it, it probably, I think it, it's a little more well done in something like Ultraman the Next, but it, it's still not, uh, it's not ideal for me. It, I, I almost, th- in a weird way, it looks like more fake, be- probably because, like, they're not in camera with their surroundings, but... Um, I, I can understand that. Yeah, and then, you know, the Next was a theatrical film, so the budget was yeah, more definitely money. a lot higher. Um... But anyway, uh, um, we can we can just talk about some of our our favorite episodes at this point. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, Matt brought up the episode uh, called "Hopeless," which is episode three, um, which has this alien that's like swindling people into like hard labor. Um, I think he's trying to build a spaceship, but it's some goofy dude. Um, uh, the the other thing about that episode, though, um, that I meant to say when you were talking about it is they specifically say, you know, these are these are people of you know average intelligence who really aren't qualified for a lot of you know uh, more like high paying jobs, um, and and you know they're they're and they're desperate for work, you know, they just. Um, haven't applied themselves in, you know, a certain way um, in society, so, you know, they'll do anything, which, you know, is very much like most of us, I I, I would think, you know, unless you're, you know, a doctor or something like that, you know, I mean, a a lot of us have to work, you know, grunt jobs or, uh, you know, live paycheck to paycheck, and, and that's very much, you know, kind of the the people that are reflected here. And, um, uh, it's funny though, that episode has like the weirdest ending. Um, because the alien, like ultra seven is like trying to find out like, uh, more. And, and the alien goes, it was actually a human that hired me to do all this. And then ultra seven stops for a minute and then he murders him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like, don't you want to find out, like, who is actually behind this? Um, so if you're wondering if Seven is still a complete maniac yes. and a sociopath, um, <laughs> yes, the, the, the answer is yes, because uh, we, we we still don't know. <laughs> I thought the, uh, the, the, the next episode um, about the Shiner 05, which is the the drug that people are taking to basically make them 
super smart. Like what ends up happening is it's like a parasitic alien that basically takes over your mind. And then eventually all the aliens combine into like this giant alien that gets, I think immediately destroyed after being on screen for all of three seconds. That happens a couple times. Yeah. There's like, I, I do think that's one of the things about the show that is very jarring. It's like, it, it really does make Ultra 7 feel like an afterthought most of the time. And I really feel like you don't see the worth of including him until the very end of the show. You know, that three-episode kind of finale. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, I feel like you could have done it sort of without him because he's just fighting these, uh, I guess we're, we're heavy spoilers at this point, but these alien spider things that just, like, have green screen ropes and strangle them. Like, that's most of the battle. Um. But that's, you know, the the episode with Shiner is pretty good. Uh, we haven't talked about Blood Blood Message yet, which is fun. Yeah, that one's basically a slasher movie. Like, uh, but not not too different from several slasher movies that we, we, we've seen. But, um, a, again, a classic case of, like, well, you could have done this without having Ultra 7 in it. <laughs> right. Um, the, the Blood Message, is, that's an interesting episode, too, because... Um, <laughs> Um, again, I guess maybe spoiler, uh, but I, it's basically a homage to, uh, Psycho. Um, uh, and you know, it, it turns out that the, 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 um, the alien responsible for all these murders is having a very Norman Bates-esque crisis of identity. Um, and they actually talk about the movie Psycho in yeah. in the episode. It's it's the episode. It's it's the movie that uh, this alien character before he you know his uh, killer instincts awoke. It's where he met his wife. Uh, they were seeing a movie, which was uh, I believe Psycho. And they talk about you know the character of Norman. Um, you know the 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 blood message in the title is um, not man. Uh, but then at the end of the episode, they realize it was actually Norman was mm-hmm. was what the blood message was, which is all a big um, homage to uh, to Psycho. And, and, and so that was interesting because usually, not just in Ultraman stuff, but really in any um, you know Tokusatsu media, we we never really see anything that um, uh, is is is, is kind of postmodern that way where. You know, people in the show are talking about other movies or shows. Um, uh, that's really the only time I think I've seen that. So that so that kind of um, is another thing that made it stick out to me. Um, that that's a good episode, though. Yeah, I mean, I think Traveler's fun. That's the one with the, you know, the the there's there's a light that's basically like overtaking people, and they're trying to figure out what that is, and it ends up. This guy basically is given up on his dreams and is hopeless. And he, the light is actually an alien. The alien's looking for a companion as like the last one of its uh, kind. And it doesn't take people against their will. So this guy actually had always wanted to be like an astronaut and he gets to leave on a space journey with the alien. Uh, it's actually better than what I'm describing, but it, it's pretty fun. And I also like your song, which is, um, it's like the middle, I think it's six or seven, but where there's essentially this guitarist singing and uh, you learn she's an alien who falls in love with a, with an earthling and um, the, uh, the, her alien uh, comrades are trying to come and basically take her back. And that's, that's a pretty fun episode. And again, these are all episodes where like ultra seven has very little to do with the primary plot. 
Um, I think that's probably the biggest strength and the weakness of the show, right? Because the, the, the episodes without Ultra 7, I think, are really well done and fun. And at the end of the, of the show, I think one thing I wanted to kind of talk about was, you know, the, the whole mystery be- behind who uh, the girl in white, was it Psycho? Psycho? I'm butchering her name. Uh, there's a, a girl Saki. that appears. Saki. There we go. See, Psycho you. is uh, a Hitchcock movie. <laughs> Uh, Saki is uh, the girl that you meet in the first episode. She's always the one showing up at random times and telling uh, our main character, Jen, that he's going to be the savior of the world, but she can't ever tell him why or how she knows or or where this information is coming from. Um, And then it's revealed in the big twist that Jen was actually the one that told her about all these crazy plans uh, at this base where they were using uh they were trying to find some sort of new energy source that was actually equivalent of some kind to atomic energy but in doing so and making the test they actually opened like a portal to another world and then you have these aliens that kind of came through and they're controlling all the information matt 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 yeah yeah yeah. calm down oh okay (laughs) (laughs) you're going like a mile a minute here buddy uh let, let's yeah, it's been a long day all right i gotta get <laughs> some beauty sleep tonight let's let's let 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 us catch up with you for a second here yeah um so uh the episode you mentioned traveler um i wanted to i i i want to um talk about that because it's a, almost a companion piece to episode two um episode two is the one where uh this maybe former agent um we never find out and uh, i don't know i mean i don't know how that it's ever really relevant but uh you know he's he's kind of telling people uh that are lonely and depressed you know that uh you know hey come you know meet at this place and um if pe- and then and people are then like driven to meet at this place and get, uh, abducted willingly by aliens. Um, and, uh, it spins that as kind of a more kind of downbeat, um, I guess, sad, uh, uh, aspect of, of reality, you know, that's causing people to feel that way. Um, you know, that's the one where they talk about how, you know, people that, that can't be uh, made happier by, you know, medications and things like that, uh, you know, they're treated as outcasts or people with, you know, some kind of social uh, illness. Um, but then in the episode uh, Traveler, you have this guy who is almost the same, you know, he wanted to be an astronaut, his life didn't turn out the way he wanted, and he's just kind of, you know, more or less given up. And um, he is able to go to space with a, a, a lonely alien who just wants a companion. And that is treated as a very happy ending. Um, you know, Ultra 7 doesn't destroy any spaceships or fight any monsters. You know, he kind of just sees them off. Um, uh, and uh, your song is uh, another one where um, the aliens summon a, a giant like kaiju at the end, and I think this one lasts even shorter <laughs> than uh, the the other the other one that we just talked about. Um, like it literally just shows up, and Ultra Seven like turns big and like 
throws his blade thing at it and it dies or whatever. Um, that's a good episode, though. My, but but uh, we haven't talked about what's probably my favorite episode, and that is uh, episode five, Peacemaker. Mm. Um, this is the one, uh, this is directed by Kenji Suzuki and written by, this is the one that, uh, Jiro Kaneko wrote. Um, like we said, he's, uh, he's, uh, done some screenwriting in, in Japan. Um, he's Shusuke Kaneko's brother and, um, he wrote, uh, co-wrote The Idol, uh, Norman England's movie. But, uh, this was probably my favorite episode, um... And uh, probably the one that feels the most kind of old school Ultra 7, um, you essentially have this uh, group of alien refugees um, uh, all played by the same guy. Um, they all look the same. And uh, they uh, are, are on Earth after, you know, getting into uh, a war with, um, you know, these aggressor aliens, um, the Voda aliens, who... Um, uh, uh, had uh, um, are coming to Earth and hunting down the refugees. Uh, also on Earth is this kind of um, weapon or power source, more or less, that they were fighting over um, in their home galaxy, which only only consists of two planets. They tell us um, the Voda planet and the uh, the refugees' home planet, um, and uh, you know our heroes, you know, help the refugees and f- help them find the missing uh, power source. And they're like, oh, thank you, you know, you've solved all our troubles. You know, we're all going to go back to our home planet now. And then um, the end of the episode, it shows a news screen, um, like a news report that's saying, you know, uh, I, guess, I guess in this universe, the news uh, covers <laughs> activity in other uh, solar systems, but um, saying that this violent outbreak has uh, occurred between these two planets and they've basically destroyed each other's planet <laughs> after, you know, after this supposedly, you know, happy, oh, we're all going to go home and, you know, the refugees are saved. All, all they did was go back home and likely become just as bad aggressors as the 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 alien that was hunting them to begin with. And now both of their planets are gone. Um, My favorite uh, bit of that, that episode is when they finally get that, um, that weapon. He's like, great. Now we can go and annihilate them. And then the, I think Jan or one of the, yeah, they're like, wait, what? He's just defending yourself. Yeah. (laughs) No, they're going to go commit genocide. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that that is like the that classic like bit of cynicism and biting sort of commentary that uh the best my favorite episodes of the original ultra 7 have you know that little bit of kind of cruel irony um so i mean that that was my favorite episode easily um uh i just Fantastic. Uh, so now to catch up with your, uh, <laughs> with you. Um, uh, so now we, 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 we can talk about the, you know, the twist. Um, so like you said, you know, uh, it turns out that Jin actually told her about this, uh, this project, the aqua project. Um, but it ended up opening a portal, uh, in this lake 
and uh, that got um, you know alien intruders into our universe, um, which I guess it kind of maybe implies that they're from the original Ultra Sevens universe. Um, regardless, though. Um, so it turns out that these aliens have been controlling everything, the media, the news reports, the information flow. Um, basically, this fabricated utopia uh, seems to be th- their doing. Um, so I, I, I want to kind of ask both of you uh, how you f- felt that rev- twist was handled, because I still kind of find it a little bit confusing um, just because like, does that mean that this society wasn't this way before, you know, Jin woke up with, uh, you know, his amnesia, you know, because it feels like in the, the world building of the show that society must've been like this for a long time. So I was, you know, I, I found it kind of confusing as to, <clears throat> you know, are they, are they trying to say that this was like an abrupt shift when these alien life forms started manipulating everything i i think the show answers it but like in a you have to and early on in the ep, one of the episodes they mentioned the end of war there was some war that happened right right yeah they, they mentioned it was like, the last war on earth but but they mentioned it was it happened like a few years before that right so the, yeah like what it's it seems like the utopia was starting to flow, and then after the incident with the portal, the they essentially got control. I don't know. I think it's a. I think it's a good question, Bird. It's not super clear. Yeah, the, that that's the one thing that, um, like, because I finished when I finished watching it, I was just like, okay, I'm still trying to like process this, but like, I don't think it all adds up in the end. Yeah, unless they did one of those weird time dilation type of things where. You know, they they went it at the same time that the aliens came out several years before Seven did. Or yeah, I mean so. that that's something we can like assume or say, but like that's really one of those things where it's like you know if you just had one more scene or a couple more lines of dialogue to just kind of clear this up, like it would really like be a little that would go a long way, at least for me, because like as it is, like now I'm like okay, well. Uh, this is gonna ding. This is gonna ding him a little bit because I I I don't know that it makes sense when you look at the whole thing. I have uh, I have another question about the twist. Uh, the whole thing about you know well she can't tell him anything because when he finds out who Ultra Seven is he loses his own will. I feel like that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> like <laughs> he just showed at the end to be fine. So I'm like well, why couldn't if if he had to actually leave or he was actually dead, right? Because we, we learned that Ultra 7, of course, saves him at some point. He, like, basically merges with him to save him or whatever. Uh, but it doesn't seem like there's any actual repercussions for her telling him anything. Yeah, it, it almost... That's another thing that, like... That character bothered me. Um, yeah. The, the, the Saki character. You know, she... She's there to only provide exposition when it's convenient, you know, for her. And, you know, there's really not... The show really doesn't justify 
much of why she's so obtuse. And when it does, it's like, okay, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. So, so she's just kind of like the worst. I'm going to spit out my water. <laughs> so now I'm seeing more of that Battlestar Galactica influence. See, I uh, haven't watched Battlestar. Is there someone, is, is this a thing in there? Because it, it does have that kind of, um, I don't know, it, it does have an almost J.J. Abrams mystery box element to it where, like, you're dragging out mystery for so long that by the end you're left with a lot of, like, wait a minute, what? Like, So Battlestar Galactica is a show whose tagline was the Cylons have a plan, and the further on the show you get, you find out the writers didn't have the plan, and thus the characters definitely did not have a plan. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that, that, that's... Yeah, the J.J. Abrams uh, mystery box kind of storytelling, which, you know, I, I, I'm i pretty sure Lost was still big when this came out, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... It's all so, coming together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, that character ended up not making a lot of sense to me. The the twist didn't end up making the most sense to, to me. You know, I, I don't know that... They're things that really hold up under scrutiny. And it's like, maybe with like just even just one more episode or something, you pro- you might have been able to justify it a little bit better. Um, uh, and, uh, I, for me personally, it would have gone a long way to, uh, you know, have that make a little bit more sense. It's, it's what, uh, like, I appreciate so much of like, this show just existing is like a big swing in 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 the you know when you look at just what this franchise is and mostly like um so i respect the hell out of what it's doing but those are two things that really just like man i i got to i got to knock off a lot of points for those things just cuz it's like you know yeah like i'm i'm assuming that they had a single cur to work with and you know like, like you're saying, they probably could have been like, okay, let's let's lose the like century old Lake Werewolf episode to have some exposition about the actual mystery. But for the most part, I think that the strength of the show is those individual like mm-hmm. stories. So I understand not wanting to ta- to cancel one of those in favor of the the ongoing mystery. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, they they kind of set themselves up to have that ongoing mystery as a, a hook, even if the characters for the first eight episodes seem to be pretty blasé about it. Yeah, yeah. And like, like I said, I mean, Jin wakes up and, like, he really he's really never very driven to uh, learn about, you know, who he is or, or even more about his job. Like... You know, if you woke up tomorrow and remembered nothing and you just met some guy that was like, yeah, we're part of an organization that hunts aliens and you're going to help me. And you just follow this guy around hunting aliens. Wouldn't you have like a billion questions or wouldn't well, you at least be hesitant to follow follow this person around? Well, well same thing with Kay. You know, if, if your coworker came in and been like, I don't remember anything or know who I am, you'd be like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't he doesn't even like he's of no help. Like any question he's asking uh uh you know, Saki, he could probably ask him and be like, "Hey, like can you tell us a little bit more about like 
you know, who we work for and, you know, like what we're doing. Instead, he's just like, oh, I, we, we hunt aliens. Like, that's fine. <laughs> like, it, it's really, like, weird. It, like, his lack of uh, drive <laughs> is weird. And then, like, the only time he seems to ask questions is when, like, he bumps into Saki and he's like, oh, hey, I've been meaning to ask you, like, what, what is up with me? And then she's just like, I can't say anything. And he's like, oh, never mind. Like... <laughs> I, I mean, is that part of the overall like vibe of the whole world that everyone's just very complacent about everything? Like, is that? I don't know. I I, I I like that idea, but I I feel like it's probably giving the show more credit than yeah uh, there than it it needs to. Um, uh, I wanted to bring up uh, so the the ending song by the band "Pay Money to My Pain." Pay money to my pain. Yeah, the, what is uh, up with the theme song? Well, it's like this weird, like emo core song. It's very two thousand seven. It is, yeah. uh, but they're a pretty big band uh, at the time, and also two of their um, two of the the musicians are Jen and Kay. So that's probably where our names came from. That makes sense. Uh, I actually like some of their stuff, uh, which you know, I'm terrible taste in music. I like Coldplay, so you know. Uh, but uh, I like, you shouldn't uh, uh, you shouldn't have outed yourself like that, man. Man, listen, I don't. We have <laughs> three people listen to our show, so like if they see me at, at G Fest, they can say hi. I'm ashamed of your your taste in music. They they did the opening to uh, Nobunagan, which is another uh, kaiju related thing. So. But yeah, I just wanted to, to clear that up about the the names. One thing I will say is I actually thought the chemistry for the three agents like overall was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, I like them together, yeah. And the the one girl ha- she's got this little like uh, we always talked about how like in, in a lot of Kaneko films he gives his characters little like quirks. She's always eating chocolates like constantly and she's offering to everybody. So like it just makes her feel more believable and realistic and I, I just thought the the chemistry between the agents was actually pretty well done. Now again, uh Saki's the worst. But I, th- I thought everybody else in the show was pretty fun. You know, I, I another thing is like uh, the original Ultra Seven. Like Dan is like probably my favorite character. In fact, in in terms of all the Ultra Alter Egos, he might be my favorite one. Um, and so, like Jin is definitely a downgrade. Um, but uh, on that note, I, I like I, I liked uh, S and K. Um, I, I, I enjoyed them and found them a lot more entertaining than, um, than 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 Jin, which is probably also you know not not the best thing when you know your main hero uh, is less appealing than you know the um, the sidekick characters. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, there's definitely some pretty huge flaws here in my opinion. Um, uh, that being said, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there, there's still is a lot to like here. And I, I think that we've talked about a lot of what really works about the show, um, you know, as well as the things that, that don't work. Um, and then of course, you know, the final thing is, uh, because um, people fluent in Ultra lore uh, will realize Dan is one of the few Ultras uh, that uh, 
he he just uh, he he doesn't have a human host in the original Ultra Seven. Um, he just steals some guy, some un- other guy's identity. <laughs> 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 I think I think we might have probably made fun of. I think we had, I think we might have made fun of this when we talked about the original Ultra Seven. But yeah, like he just steals a guy's identity and like I don't know. No, there's no mind paid to you know. What, whatever that guy's loved ones might be thinking, you know, they, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so, so his human form is just, you know, he assimilated another person's form basically. Um, but at the end of the episode, you see, um, uh, at the end of the, the last episode, you see Dan, you know, returning to his home universe. Um, and he meets, uh, uh, up with Anne from ultra seven, um, same actors, by the way, but he, he meets them on like, he meets, they meet on like a shoreline and, you know, they're happy and he's like, oh, I just saved, you know, this other universe or whatever, but I'm home and, and that's that. Um, I think you'll really like in, uh, in Mabius, there's a bit where he, he visits the, the father of the guy whose face he's wearing and he's like, look, I'm honoring your dead son. And the guy's like, leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> um, so yes, Ultra Seven is uh, he's still a, a, a sociopath. Um, did, so is 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 there is the implication here that him and Anne have become like a couple? That's that's kind of what it seems like. I don't understand that considering where they're at in Leo. Uh, but uh, who who knows what the... You, you kind of see her in alternate universe takes, so uh, it's... May, maybe. <laughs> you guys don't think, like, walked on lake shores with women who aren't like significant others all the time. Like, is that, uh, I, that was the implication I thought from this show, but they don't really have they, that part lasts. all. Well, long. yeah, they don't have any dialogue. They just, you 20 know, seconds, but it's definitely, yeah, they just show up and are happy to see each other. I mean, the ultra seven's got to have somebody else because Ultraman zero doesn't seem to be, uh, Anne's son. Well, you know, maybe it didn't work out. You know, we we, we don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of like how much this is part of the the proper canon versus is this an Elseworlds thing like the Heisei Ultra Seven? Like that's not been well explored because I think aside from the alien uh, Markand, we haven't really seen anything else from this show like ooze into the rest of the. The series. Yeah, I think there was one other alien. I don't know. I was I was poking around on the Ultraman wiki. Um, you know, it might have been the the blood message alien. There was one. There's one other alien. There's the Markand alien, um, and uh, uh, which is the one that was like getting people to to work, the hopeless people. Uh, that one, and um, I think it was the 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 blood message alien um have shown up in other things um but yeah that's that's it uh none of the other 
monsters or aliens have turned up. I, I think there's a couple suits that had been repurposed for other monsters, but um, like in, in other Ultra shows, but I think that is it. It's with Ultra Galaxy Fight doing this like kind of uh, fan service thing where it, you know, looks back on previous series, it would be really neat to go back to this grimdark dystopia of Ultra 7X, even though, you know, I suppose it's supposed to be resolved now because the, the, the sinister forces behind it have been uh, annihilated. But it's such such a vibe, such world building yeah. that it's it's the most instantly recognizable, like even even more than like the world of Tiga. Like it's just you go to it and like, oh wow, this has a look to it. You know where you are like the moment you're seeing your first scene. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was the uh the blood message alien, uh the Hup Hupneth. Hupnath mm. uh showed up in uh, Orb the movie and in Ultraman Taiga. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um but yeah, those are still the only two. Um like I said, some of the monster suits have been turned into other monsters, but but that's about it. But uh but yeah, getting back to what you were saying about, you know, oh, how nice would it be to maybe like get uh, a follow-up in this universe or, or whatever. Um, I, 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 I think we, we should kind of just take a minute to appreciate that, uh, you know, this show and Neo Ultra Q, I, I don't think that they would do shows like that again that are just kind of little one-offs that are kind of just really wild swings and really kind of outside of the status quo. Um, you know, right now it's like the, 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 the shows right now are like nostalgia factories and then there's the movies, which are, you know, bigger budget retellings of, you know, classic storylines, which is, you know, the Shin Ultraman movies. Um, yeah, like of this of the current crop, I think what comes closest is the anime on Netflix. But that's but not very good. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> it's not very good. Second of all, it looks like a train wreck. Thirdly, <laughs> it's adapting a pre-existing manga, so it's not like they're being that creative with it. Yeah, it's so. not it's still not that I don't know, it's not it's not as much of a kind of risky Yeah. You know, it, it's more focus tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's too bad because I mean these are really cool little shows, and um, you know they probably didn't cost much. And you know Neo Ultra Q, I think is thirteen. I think it's thirteen episodes, and this is twelve. You know it, it would it would be nice to see you know something like this. And uh, it's kind of like how you know when we talk about Godzilla, it's why something like Singular Point feels so. Uh, refreshing, and why um, if there is something that Toho is doing right, it is just kind of doing a bunch of different feeling things, you know, Shin Godzilla, the anime trilogy, and that, and then also in the middle of it is a really bizarre puppet show on YouTube, (laughs) you know, uh, so so you're getting a lot of, you know, kind of different things, and, uh, you know, they've left the nostalgia focus 
uh, like market researched, you know, big money things to legendary, and they're just kind of like, here's a thing, <laughs> you know, and but yeah, I mean, we we should kind of savor that because Toho is, you know, they 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 will eventually, I'm sure, get to you know, here's your. Here's your nostalgia factory and all your references and all your, you know, rehashed things and, you know. We've we lived through it. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to live through it again. The, yeah, the moment now is fleeting, you know. I think we know it's it's going to come at some point. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's too bad that we're not going to see something that's... Um, you know, just kind of these outliers that are willing to go a little bit more outside of the box. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Neo Ultra Q is practically perfect to me. And, you know, this show is far from perfect, but, uh, you know, it, 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 there's a lot to like, and um, I, I, I appreciate it for sure. What's a, uh, what's, a, what's a good rating system for this one? Um, how many, uh, geez, I don't know. Uh, what's the dumbest thing that happens in this show? (laughs) Um, (laughs) how many aliens, uh, uh, trying to divulge the, their secret plans and get murdered, uh, after and get murdered before before they can say anything <laughs> out of five. Yeah. Um, so I I do like the show. I'm very much in alignment with kind of what Bird had mentioned earlier. I think if you're if you're looking for something heavy on the Ultraman and you're expecting this to be very uh, have any sort of practical effects you're going to be disappointed. I think if you liked Neo Ultra Q, this is something you should definitely check out. Um, the non-Ultra 7 episodes, meaning the ones that had the least amount of, to do with them, are, are definitely the strongest, but I, I think are worth watching, honestly. I'm going to give this a 3 out of 5, but it's a strong 3. Um, I, I think where the show really falters is the last three episodes where, like, yeah, there's stuff happening, but it's not as interesting as the stuff that came before that had nothing to do with Ultra 7. And so I got to dock it for that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go three three out of five. Uh, mysterious women wearing white dresses who only show up when they they need exposition. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I, I, am, I was and am still struggling between a three and a 3.5. Um like a 3.5 seems a little too high, but a 3 also seems a little too low just because the things that it does right, I think it does really right. Um, but yeah, the the last three episodes and, you know, all the reveals and stuff, just not making many, just not making a lot of sense. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I think they could have done better to set those things up. Um, and, uh, you know, the the... The, the Saki character and her use in the show is is pretty bad. Um, so you know, I, I weighing all those things like like I said, I uh, I I have a hard time doing a three or a three point five. So I'm gonna do a rare. I'm gonna do a rare strike down the middle of the strike in the middle and do a three point three. Who talking about? So, so closer to a three point five than to a three. 
Yeah, probably. But I still, you know, or a three <laughs> three point twenty five. There you go. Did you have to use a calculator for that? Like, I'm really, I'm really <laughs> uh, I am a little more positive on it than you. I would say that I'm between a 3.5 and a 4, probably, but because I don't want to do, you know, complicated decimal places, I'm just (laughs) going to round up to a 4 times the music takes me, breaks me, till another day comes, the music brings me to a brand new world. (laughs) (laughs) I got to ask, speaking of that, what what is up with the... uh I don't know, the interstitial or whatever, where it's just showing these, like, reflective scales with the music playing, like... Oh, is- that's the, the... The thing is, when it was on television, that's the time when a voice would come on and say, this program is brought to you by the following sponsors, and there would be a bunch of logos on the screen. Okay. Uh, but they took those out for the Blu-ray release, so you just have the footage of the... Of that, the yeah, that's super weird. I figured it was something like that, where, like, there was text in place, usually, because usually those bumpers... Like they're they're still on most of the, the the releases, but like it usually just says like the name of the show or something. I don't know. Couldn't they have put like a Ultra Seven X text uh, in front of it, or just taken it out at all? I, I think they probably should have just taken it out. And if you <laughs> really, really, really wanted to see the uh, Kono Bangumi uh, messages, then you can um, look in the special features or something, but. Huh. All right. Mangumi no grand sponsor no Tokyo Days of Creation Mass or whatever. It's late at night. I don't know what you're talking about anyway. Um, so, <laughs> I just did that reference, Kevin. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's Ultra 7X. Um, uh, this is probably the last recording we're going to do before G Fest because Matt. Like always, has a hundred uh, crazy events planned <laughs> in, his, in his personal life, um, uh, but I, I think we have enough content to to get us through that period. So um, uh, I don't know, uh, but between now and then, uh, I don't know. Maybe next time we'll be. I don't know. Hopefully, we'll have some kind of like meaningful news dump about you know these movies that are being made that for some reason <laughs> can't get press releases out. Um, is this a, is this going to be out before G Fest? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so to anybody who's coming to G Fest, I have five panels of, uh, of assorted quality. So, uh, I would appreciate if, uh, somebody, uh, will, uh, will attend those and, uh, you, you'll, see the uh the schedule so you can decide which of the panels uh to go to and uh if not if you're in the new york area the weekend before that i am uh hosting a presentation of mothra in 35 millimeter at the japan society so look out for that one uh indeed um matt and i uh have nothing (laughs) 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 that you can come see us do uh Usually we would have something for G-Fest, uh, but because Matt literally, like, this week decided to go, uh, we, we don't have anything. True. Um, which I don't mind. One of my instead. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I don't mind. Um, uh, I like doing panels, but um, 
you know, I, I'm usually, my capacity is usually like one anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, yeah. come, come say hi. Um, I, I, in person, I'm a, I'm a relatively, I can be aloof a little bit, but don't let that, uh, you know, turn you off. <laughs> I'm excited for, this is going to be my son's first E-Fest, and that's really the main draw for me this year. It wasn't, I mean, we'll, have, we'll have our recap. He'll have fun. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing people and spending time with him. But yes, don't be a stranger. Um, we're, we're friendly people, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, we will, we'll, we'll, if you're going to be there, come, come say hello. Um, and uh, all right, yeah, let's, let's get out of here. Good night. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.